You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic on Bloomberg Radio. All right, well, the last couple of years have seen a fair amount of upheaval at the Recording Academy. The organization, you know who they are. They represent songwriters, engineers, producers, performers, and a lot more. It's probably best known for overseeing the annual Grammy Awards. For more on what's been going on, the moves to change the future direction of the Academy, we welcome to Bloomberg Business Week Harvey Mason Jr. He is CEO of the Recording Academy. He's on the phone from LA. He's also the founder and CEO of Harvey Mason Media. Harvey, welcome. Nice to have you here. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. First of all, like I do with a lot of folks who come on air with us, uh, tell us about the last year. There's been a lot of stuff going on, obviously COVID, but also, you know, institutions, organizations, companies really being tested in terms of what they stand for and uh, what their future strategies are. Tell us about the past year or so for you. Well, it started a little bit before that, actually, for me. I ran for chair of the board. I'd been a member. I'd been a trustee. And a couple of years ago, I really saw an opportunity to really level up what we were doing at the academy. And I saw it being a timely issue, something that we had to take responsibility for. So I ran for chair on kind of a platform of change and improvement. And that was, I think, two and a half years ago. And then I was uh, put in as a CEO on an interim basis about 18 months ago. And at that point, we really started looking at everything we were doing, I, just, you know, pulling back the curtain. How can we be more reflective, more re- representative, more diverse, and more relevant? And there was a lot of things that needed to change at the Academy. Uh, There's a lot of things we did really, really well that we also needed to talk about and amplify and share with our members and, and the general public and music consumers. But uh, we really looked at everything we're doing. We were also the tiny little thing called COVID had a lot of impact on what we were able to do. Uh, Obviously it had a huge effect on our membership and our music community. We were some of the first people to be out of work and we'll definitely be some of the last to come back. So we've been really hyper-focused on trying to serve our members around the needs there. You took us there, the pandemic. Let's go there. Uh, The financial impact of the pandemic on the music industry, how would you quantify it? Um, no word there that we can use that we've created that can can show exactly the impact that it's had. It's been catastrophic. It's been critical. It's been something that no one's ever expected. I can tell you through our Music Cares organization, which is the, the part of the academy that gives back to music people who need help, typically in the normal year it'll be five, six million dollars of service needed, people who need help with rent or bills or medical care. This year we're well, uh, we're right around $30 million uh, in mm. services provided. So we've never seen anything like this. A huge event like Hurricane Katrina put people out of work for a period of time, 9-11 for a period of time, but nothing has had the impact that COVID has had on our industry. You know, Harvey, it's really interesting. I think there are times that people look at the music industry and they just assume everybody is really successful and makes a ton of money. I remember in college being part of a radio station about jazz performers and, and a lot of them were just barely getting by and not everybody in the music industry makes a ton of money no in fact just the opposite most people in the industry are making uh less than the medium income and and Mm -hmm. i think there are the small percentage of people that are making you know hundreds of thousands of dollars but it's a tiny amount of people most of us are working day-to-day musicians or writers or producers or crew members or you know gap riggers things like that so it is 
an organization with the Academy that represents the whole spectrum. Of course, some of our members get more visibility than others on the show, but mm-hmm. it is our responsibility to look out for our, our, all of our members. But even more importantly than that, the whole music community, and zooming out maybe a click further than that, it's our responsibility to utilize the power of music and to leverage our brand at the Academy and the Grammys to try and make change, try and improve things, try and bring people together, try and fight for things that are wrong and just make a difference. And that's really kind of where I hope we can go in the future. Harvey, we've got about a minute left and then we'll come back and continue the conversation. But in about 50 seconds, I mean, if there's one thing you could right now change for your industry, make it better, make it more inclusive, what would it be? Well, I think it starts with being more inclusive and being more diverse and hearing from all the, the right voices, make sure people have a voice uh, and are a seat at the table at, at every level, both on the creative side, on the executive side, and the decision-making side, and then also making sure that the income and the, and the payouts are equitable and fair uh, in regards to the creators and in partnership with the streaming companies and the labels and the publishing companies. There's a lot of money being generated by the consumption. We've never seen music consumed at the rate we're seeing it now, but there's not a lot of clarity on how that music gets or the money gets split out and how do we monetize this art that these people are creating. That's something that we need to figure out. One of the things I wanted to ask you, Harvey, and, and thanks for staying with us, is you guys and you specifically and your team focusing on keeping the music you know, community, want to make sure it is inclusive, representative of all kinds of individuals. Uh, and how did it get to a point, because you would have thought music, creative, um, that it would be diverse and inclusive by its nature, and yet it wasn't. How did it get to be that way? Hard to predict, only because I haven't been here that long, Carol, but mm-hmm. I think some of it might But you understand the music beautiful. industry. You've worked yeah. within it for a long time. No, to- totally, and the music industry has a lot of diversity in its creative side, uh, not so much on the business side. So I think there is something to be said for... Uh, people being aware or just may not have understood or been cognizant of the fact that they could be involved in the academy, and, and maybe that holds true for some other parts of the business. I know for us, I think there was just we didn't amplify what we did as an academy, and we didn't talk about all the other services. We just talked about the awards, so people just felt like, well, the, the academy may or may not be for me. I know I'm a creator, but I don't know if I should be involved in the academy side. And I think. If you, you know, project that out, maybe the same thing held true for the industry, but it's really hard to predict. I mean, if you don't make it more diverse, don't make it more inclusive, inclusive, you know, are you thinking about the survivability of the Academy going forward? Well, I think it's always something that's in our minds, but we are at this point very diverse and we've accomplished some of our early goals pretty quickly in the last two years. Staff-wise, elected leader-wise, we have reached gender parity. We, uh, people of color are, are represented at almost 50% now. Mm-hmm. So I think we're really, really reaching some great numbers. We have some work to do in our membership. And I think as we continue to look forward on things that we're working on, we'll find other ways to keep improving. Uh, we by no means think the work is done. But again, we do want to be reflective and representative of the music industry that we serve. And that's very diverse, as you said. So we've, got, we've got work to do, but we've come a long way. We also want to set an example. We want to lead. We want to get this right. And not just for, in, for our industry, but for every industry. Exactly. Like set, set an example. What about the rest of the music industry, though? Right? So many of your members and outlying companies and, you know, whether it's recording companies, labels, and so on and so forth, you know, what more can they do? And, and I, I do this, I'm pushing you a little bit, but, you know, 
we've done it with the sports industry and how they ultimately during the crisis of the last year where they're stepping up and providing stadiums yep. for people to vote like that was huge and was significant for the industry to take a step. What's what's that moment for you guys? Well, first off, Carol, I love you pushing me. I have no problem with it. I'm <laughs> pushing myself and I'm pushing everybody that we can at the Academy because there is this is important. And I think music serves a really unique role, much like sports. People listen to creators or music people. People listen to athletes. So I think if we can start to do things the right way and continue in the direction we're headed, we can make a bigger impact on not just the music industry or not just the music community, but just, you know, our society at large. And that's the goal for us at the Academy is to really utilize the opportunity that we have, the influence that we have, and to really make a difference. And like I said, zoom out a little bit from just thinking so much about what can we do today for our Grammy Awards or what can we do mm -hmm. here or there. All that is very important, very important, but it gives us the opportunity to do more. All right. And I love that you mentioned the Grammy Awards, because I think when we think about the Academy, that's what we so many people understand. I mean, that's the thing visually that we all relate to specifically, but it is such a visual medium, right? And so what yep. you put out there, um, tell me about some of the conversations you're having about how you think about how you produce that show going forward. Well, we want it to be the most entertaining show we can. You know, last year we did something very drastically different because we couldn't have fans in the audience and our creatives and artists were unsure, unsecure how they could be around each other. So we set up a format that gave them safety and comfort and confidence. Whether or not we are able to continue in that type of a format or we go to a new format, it will all really be dependent on COVID and the protocols and what we're allowed to do here in LA County and statewide and federally. But our hope is we can bring great musicians and creators and artists together and make a show that is not only entertaining, but healing and bringing people together and uniting people and showcasing how we all can work together and how different genders and races and sexual orientations can all join forces to accomplish something great. And that's, I think, the power of music. You mentioned creative types. You are a creative type. You've worked with Penn, produced songs for Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Elton John, and of course, Aretha Franklin. You've got an amazing movie coming out in August. Um, tell me about this. And having seen Aretha Franklin live, there's there was nobody like her. Oh, man, nobody like her. Right? So <laughs> she was incredible. I was so fortunate to get the chance to work with her for 13 years or so over the course of her career. And she was, you know, very, very special to me, but just special to all of us in the industry. So on, on August 13th, the Respect movie is coming out. Uh, it's about Aretha Franklin and her life. It's She's being played by Jennifer Hudson. It's in theaters only, uh, which, you know, now is always mm -hmm. a conversation point. Yeah. And hopefully the COVID allows us to go to theaters August 13th. But I'm very proud of the movie. A lot of great music and also a very important story that most people don't know about Miss Franklin and that were that was the trials and tribulations that she suffered going through early in her life to become, you know, the queen of soul or the iconic voice that she was. It's so important to tell those stories. And I think that is, again, something that we just assume somebody was popular or famous or successful, right? right? And, and you just right. think it was easy. And that's not the right assumption, just quickly. Definitely not. And most people nowadays don't realize that. They see the TV shows where you sing and you get voted on, you're a millionaire, you know, and, and they don't know that Aretha actually had a lot of 
hurdles and obstacles she had to overcome to become who she was. She she was one of the all-time greatest voices in our in our history, but yet she had not found her voice for the first six or seven records mm. of her career. So I think people will enjoy uh, this story of triumph and, and what she has accomplished in her life. But I mean, Perfect timing. When in doubt, when I don't know what to listen to, I throw on some Aretha. It's like <laughs> you just go there. It's just amazing. Hey, Harvey, I hope you'll come back. Uh, really enjoyed this time. Harvey Mason Jr., he's Chief Executive Officer of the Recording Academy, founder and CEO of Harvey Mason Media, joining us on the phone in Los Angeles.